This is Stephanie Joyce, and you've been listening to the Cloud Watcher Uno podcast. Hi everybody, that was Stephanie Joyce's Idle Hands. Now let's listen in to the podcast. Stephanie Joyce, thank you so much for coming on to the Cloudwater Uno podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no, it was I mean, the the honor is all mine. Hearing your voice, I, I was just blown away. Thank you. So I thought, yeah, I have to get, get you on. Um, where did you find where did you find my music? I found your music, as is all the things now, through Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because that seems to be the way that people connect and find out new artists and new new music. It's also through Spotify, but but that's the way that I've I found you. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, um, where where to start? Um, 
you've you've you're an artist in your own right but I, I know that you've been doing lots of collaborations in terms of music in terms of songs there's quite a few um impressed progressive um song collaborations that that you've done with chris moreno um with um other artists yeah i i can talk more about that um i so in nashville there's this really cool culture of like songwriting and there's you know i think in a lot of genres outside of country music um the artist or the band recording the material also writes the material but in country music and especially in country music made in nashville there's this really really long tradition of artists recording songs that either other people have written for them or that they have written with other people um and there's a real because of that there's a real like songwriting industry here there's a lot of people who just write songs for other folks or with other folks and um that's what i moved here thinking i wanted to do so i spent the first few years in nashville really kind of building up my network and my community of um artists that i believed in that i wanted to write for and then recently in about the last year and a half it's become clear to me that i also have a lot of songs that i write by myself um that i need to release myself and that's how i've started working on my own solo project and that is idle hands and i know it's the first track from from that eup that's coming 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 out right yes idle hands is the first single i just released another one called love thy neighbor a few weeks ago yeah and then i should have the full project out um in the summer Oh wow! Oh wow! Um, so so, how does that feel now? Like like you, you you know you've 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 got this extensive reputation that you build build up these connections, but now it's your own material under your own name. How does that feel? Um, it's definitely it's it's different. I mean, it's also like a small small town here, so you know I've I've been talking to a lot of people about wanting to do my own stuff for a long time so I don't think it came as a surprise but um it's it's just I feel like I wear a different hat like when, when I'm working for other people's projects I'm very much in the room I see myself as more like a technician to help them say what they want to say whereas when I'm doing my own project it's just fully what I find interesting and what I want to delve into um and it's definitely nice to have the freedom to do that but I also think that if I was to only write for myself, I'd also really miss like the community and the collaborative aspect of of co-writing. Um, and also just like the structure that it gives my weeks. I mean, it's I've, I'm lucky I work with a publisher and he sets up a lot of rights for me. So um, yeah, it, it feels different. It's embarking on your own project. It's definitely, it's definitely been kind of liberating and it's been really fun to be able to just write the songs that I want to write because Radio country music has pretty limited subject matter, so it's nice to be able to like explore other topics that probably wouldn't get played on mainstream radio. And talking about the different themes, because I'm not sure if I'm going to say this right. Oh, Owichita River. Yes, it's hard to pronounce. Washita River. It's a river. Ah, there you go. Louisiana. Because I love that. That's I love murder, murder ballads, ballads, but but they but they're usually the other way around. Like like it's usually the the woman who's just like died or anything. But this is uh-huh. it, this is flipped. This is this is this is this is, this is the the man. This is yeah. Death. 
Jack Williams, who meets his end. Yeah, we definitely, the girl I wrote it with, Mary Heather Hickman, she's one of my best friends and we collaborate a lot. And um, she's a big fan of the Dixie Chicks, who now go by the Chicks. But uh, there's that really great song, Good Viral. And I think that was one of our inspirations. But you're, you're so true. Like the tradition of murder ballads, I mean, dates back to 1600s in the UK when you'd have these um, broadsheets like published at public hangings talking about what the accused person had done. Yeah. And that's kind of where the tradition of a lot of ballads started is they were like truly a way of getting news around. Um, and then they came here with, you know, early Scots-Irish settlers and they turned into the place names in a lot of murder ballads switched to be Southern place names or Appalachian place names. And that's kind of how it works its way into country music um, as being a, a staple of country music. But you're right, like in all the old ballads, it was about the women ended up dead because historically that's what did happen. And I think yeah. it's like important to remember that it's fun to write a funny ballad about a woman killing her abusive husband, but the, the origin of these songs is, yeah. is pretty dark and it's based on, you know, years and years of gendered violence. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, the, the themes for the EP, are they, are they going to be as dark as that or are they going to be more, are they, are they because you touched upon the fact that it's not going to be mainstream radio country, but it, so it's where, 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 where is this being placed? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I always describe my own project as um, like red dirt music, which is a lot of the scene that's coming out of Texas. Turnpike Troubadours are like my favorite. Yeah. Um, so that music, but written by someone who's also worked on Music Row. So I think a lot of my lyrics are structured in a way that is a little more like cohesive maybe than and like a bit less poetic than some more Americana music. Um, because writing for main mainstream country music has kind of just influenced me in a way that I write in a pretty like linear fashion. I don't think yeah. my lyrics are super poetic. They're more like matter of fact. Um, but musically, a lot of the influences are very like rendered influence. You'll hear some bluegrass in there and subject matter wise, uh, it's, it's dark. It stays dark. Um, I think I, I think all of my stories are about people searching for grace, but often not able to find it. So um, you you had all these ideas and themes. Um, how did you translate all that to actual songs? Actual, you know, what what the the, the music and the melodies that, that that were in your head? How did you find the sound? Who did you get to come up like look? I would. I need you to do this. I need you to do, you know, pe pedal steel. I'd love you to play banjo. Is, is it all all through your connections? Um. So the production and recording of this project, um, I already came in with all the songs, like written all the you know the chords. Usually, I kind of think of a song as done as far as being a songwriter goes. Once you have your lyrics, you have your vocal melody, and you have your chords. Um, so I came in with all of that to my producer and I actually met my producer through Mary Heather Hickman, the girl I was talking about. I had sung background vocals on some of her songs and I'd worked with her producer in the vocal booth because of that. And I really, really liked the way he did vocals, which for me, I think is like the most important part of modern production is getting a voice to sound good and not just get a voice to sound good, but to like find nuance in performance and a lot of yeah. 
producers I think overlook that they just want to get a nice vocal tone but this guy I worked with Kyle Manor he's really about like almost like the acting of singing which for me is the most fun part of singing is the fact that you're kind of acting with your voice um so I really knew I wanted to work with him as a producer for the project and then he uh you know he's 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 a producer in one of the production kind of areas of town and he's engineered on a lot of like huge 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 projects worked with top of the line session musicians for years so he just had a lot of great connections and he was able to get some really great uh, musicians playing on the record um actually the guy who does drums Fred Eldringham uh just won like a bunch of awards at the ACMs I think and was on Seth Meyers for a week or something so there's just and like not to mention there's just so much talent um I knew I wanted it to be very steel heavy and very fiddle forwards um so you know a lot of records are for budget reasons just cut with like bass electric acoustic and drums and I was very clear that I wanted to spend the money to get um to get fiddle and steel and then the fiddle player we got Wanda Vick she was amazing and she's also can play banjo really well so there's a few songs where we also worked in a little bit of banjo a little bit of mandolin in a few places I do love the mandolin. There's nothing that sounds quite like that in instrument. No, it's very cool. We actually use something called a bazooki, which is related to a mandolin. I think yeah. traditionally it's actually a Greek instrument, but it's pitched lower. Um, I think it's a similar tuning though, so it gives a similar flavor, just like in a different register. Sorry, I popped out for a second. Am I back? Yes, you are definitely back. Definitely. And Talk, talk, talking about Mary, you've done Treasure and Bam Baptist Parking Lot as well. Those all yeah. sound like fun collaborations. Pardon? I said they all sound like fun collaborations. Yeah, they really are. Um, we have a super similar sense of humor, which not everyone gets, but like, <laughs> um, I think our best songs we write together are the ones that we kind of just let ourselves be funny and those are all of her songs that have you know that have done well or songs with like her sense of humor in them so um yeah there's more coming this summer i'm excited for people to hear them fabulous now how does someone who's originally from british columbia come all the way to nashville nashville what's that journey like that's a good question <laughs> Um, it was so funny. Mary Heather and I actually just got nominated for um, some some song of the year for the Arkansas Music Awards, which is super honored. But we're going to go to Arkansas to celebrate for that. And my mother was like, I never knew that I would have a child that was going to go to the Arkansas Country Music Awards. Um, <laughs> most of my family, actually, my brother is a musician, which is funny, but most of my family doesn't do uh, anything in the arts and they all still live in British Columbia so um, oh, wow. but I was born in Chicago oh. uh, kind of by fluke but because of that I have an American passport um, and then I I didn't really like grow up doing music yeah. I had a musical family but I was actually trained as a ballet dancer um, and that's what I thought I was going to do and then I got injured and I ended up going to film school that's a whole nother story. And while I was going to college, I became really enamored with fiction writing. 
yeah. and Southern literature. So kind of like my love of Southern literature is largely what led me into country music um, and to Tennessee. And then once I got here, I was like, well, I can write short stories alone in my room every day and talk to imaginary people, or I can co-write with real people and talk to real people <laughs> and do music. <laughs> so for me, music, I think for me, country music is like a wonderful middle ground of um, getting to still be very literary, and very storytelling based and with a lot of focus on lyric because my first love is always going to be literature and words. Yeah. But it is just, it's like writing a short story in a way that's a lot more fun and takes less time. And that's what I like about it. And I think that's also one of my limitations. Like, I don't see myself as, I don't listen to music for like melody. I don't really listen to music for vibe. I listen to music for what people are saying. And most people don't listen to music for lyric yeah. or what the music is saying. Most people listen to music for like a vibe or something to put on in the background or to like focus on melody and instruments. So sometimes I feel like it's a disadvantage because it does disconnect me from what a lot of people's listening ex experience is. But that being said, I, I love how like in country music, you get this way to be super literary in your lyrics, but also be making music. That sounds like a perfect combination. Who are your favorite li li lyricists? Who are, have, who's, who's, who's been influencing you and who's influenced your, your style? Like, writers in general or like lyricists and musicians lyricists and musicians um first thing that comes to mind is like evan faulkner um trumpet troubadours uh he writes most of their stuff and it's just his so, so much of, of country music is about bending a phrase and i don't think that's his emphasis yeah. And it's refreshing. His emphasis is just telling a story and having the best eye for like the weirdest details that make that story come to life. Um, and just subject matter. I mean, they're all kind of like sad and dark. Um, <laughs> even their happy sounding songs. If you pick apart the words, you're like, okay, this is miserable. So that's what I like about him. Um, I would also say Towns Van Zandt is one of my favorites. You have good taste, Teal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just again for like, it's not about the lyrical hook or like the catchy turn of phrase. It's just great stories told in like very plain details. And then Gillian Welch is a wonderful lyricist as well. I, I don't think I'm like, I would say I look to Evan and Towns more as like, okay, when I'm stuck on a line or something, I'd be like, how would they say it? Yeah. I don't think I look to Gillian Welch in the same way because I think her approach to writing is or her, her approach to lyrics is, is different. It, it is a little more poetic and a little bit maybe more about a, a line of thought and less about kind of a cohesive uh, chorus. But I always come back to her music, just the way it sounds and the the texture she can paint with words um is really beautiful so i would say those are my top three right now it might be different next week <laughs> <laughs> and so what to you is a perfect song does the perfect song exist for you or are you saw the were you like it's it's there you're nearly you're nearly there but not quite 
Like of my songs or your, songs your, well, n- not necessarily your songs, but but a song that you thought, yeah, that's absolutely perfect. Yeah. That's the lyrics, the everything. That's you know, that's the goal. Yes, that's that, a really that good is. question. Does the perfect song exist? I don't think so. I think if the perfect song existed, then I would give up because it would have already been done. Like, I think that there's always something that I'll, I'll, I'll see a lot of songs that I think are really, like really, really wonderful songs, but there will always be one detail that I'm like, I wonder what would happen. Like Angel from Montgomery. I think that's, for me, that's pretty close to a perfect song, but for me, the the chorus is maybe a little vague, and maybe if you know, pay, uh, make me an angel that flies from Montgomery. Yeah. Paint me a poster of an old rodeo. Okay, that one line in it. I'm just like, man, I feel like that was kind of wasted space, John Prine, and you could have said something slightly different there that would have given us more information about this woman. And it's like, and th- that isn't me not liking music. Like John Prine is. I would say he's my top number four after everyone else I said. And I think that's as close to a perfect song as I've heard. But like, I just am such a technician when it comes to words and lyrics that I I always want to be looking for that thing. Like, that's how passionate I am about it. I want to be seeing like, what would happen if you just pushed this farther or twisted this farther? So yeah, I think the, the minute there's a perfect song that exists, like the minute it will be boring to write them, you know? Um, I'm so glad that you mentioned John Prine. Oh, that's awesome. He is so special. Yeah. Are you a fan? <laughs> just just a slightly, just a tiny little fan. <laughs> I mean, I, I came I, I came quite close to seeing seeing him, but then unfortunately passed away. So there you go. Yeah. I I, I wish I was supposed to see him that summer too when everything happened and um Yeah. It's a shame. Definitely a shame. Um, how would you say that songs come to you? Is it a natural process, or is it some some something that you that that you've had had to work at? I think I've I've had to work on it, and I think everyone who's good has had to. Um, sometimes I I can sit down and something will come to me. Yeah, but that's only because I've put in years and years of learning how to write a song in a very technical prescriptive formulaic way like I've, I always think like learn the rules so you can break them I'm such a proponent of like knowing how to do something boring really well yeah before you could do something fun well because now I have the technical skill set to pull off an idea when it comes to me um and I don't know I'm that's like also, though, my, my favorite songs tend to be like pretty structured, cohesive songs. I get really frustrated with lyricists who just rely on like the odd poetic line somewhere without the rest of the song to like situate <laughs> that one line or to give context to that one line. Um, and, and and that being said, some of those artists who do that type of more poetic like tra- train of thought writing I'm talking about are really successful and make beautiful music that lots of people love. So, you know, music is... A, is super super subjective and yeah. if it sounds good to someone then you're doing your job well um but i know me that i i really like the the structure of like a well-structured song and a song where like every single line makes sense and every single line is in there for a reason to serve the bigger theme 
Um, and a lot of that's probably from my like screenwriting background and my like fiction background is I think in literature, there's really an emphasis on everything having to like fit and be there for a reason. Um, because you're always trying to trim stuff down and not fill space. Uh, but anyway, yeah, does, does writing come easily to me? I think now it sometimes does. Sometimes though, there'll still be a song that I'm have half finished for months and I'm just waiting to figure out what the angle is to finish it. But I'm also like, sorry, you've opened a Pandora's box. I have lots of thoughts. Please do, please. Um, <laughs> this is also so like, gold. I was like, don't, st don't stop now. <laughs> oh, you're, you're sweet. Um, I think my ballet training also like, you know, that was the main thing I did for the first large part of my life. And it just instills such a sense of like discipline and like work for work's sake, which is maybe not always ideal, but it is what it is. And um, because of that, I like really, really reject the notion of talent. Um, I think anyone who's good at something is good at it because I think all talent it is, all talent is, is, liking something enough to want to spend hours and hours and hours and hours getting better yeah. and I really hate the idea of people taking pride in like never having taken a voice lesson or never having taken a guitar lesson or being self-taught or something because it's like maybe you made it this far yeah. but if you cared about your craft enough to want to work with an expert think about like how much more you could be doing um and that's just me. I don't know. I think that's also like, yeah, like the idea of, of getting help with your craft and perfecting it and getting good um, from just hours and hours of work, I think is a lot more interesting than like overnight success, which doesn't even exist anyway. Anyone no. who has an overnight success story has also been working for 10 years. So like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My, I work at writing and I don't believe in talent. That's what I have to say about your question. <laughs> <laughs> you you should have that on 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 a business card. Mm -hmm. Def, they're definitely like boom. This is definitely Joyce. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think also it's just it, it gets back to inspiration. Like I always think, if you waited around to be inspired, you might write three songs in your life. Like yeah. I really think there's something to be said for just sitting down and seeing what comes out and some days great things are going to come out and some a lot of days crap's going to come out but that's just like the process and I the repetition of just always trying to write for me is when I get my best ideas isn't just like waiting for them to hit me really but then you do go those moments of grace where you'll get the odd song that does feel like it kind of comes from somewhere else and you just have to be ready to catch it but I think you can catch it better sorry I think you can catch those moments better if you have the skills to catch them definitely um would you say studying film and writing is in, influence you in like the, the, the way that you create music is it is it more cin cinematic in in this vision at all that's a really good question um i don't know I think when I started writing, it did. Yeah. Because when I started really falling in love with this type of music, I was always imagining it as like a backdrop to a film. I think the more that I hone in on like lyrics, the, the less maybe because I almost want it to be a standalone piece. But yeah. definitely 
I definitely like care about mood. Um, and that's a big part of film too. And I've always been like the type of, like the type of books I read, the type of movies I watch, the type of songs I listen to all go together. If that makes any sense. Ooh, dark film, <laughs> film films as well. Pardon? pardon? So dark songs, would, would, would they be dark books? Would they be dark films as well? Yes. Oh, okay. are you a film buff? What's your top five? Um, oh gosh, that's hard. I really like westerns and I really like film noir. So I would say the Coen Brothers No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Beautifully shot. Um, then Tyler Sheridan, who show runs for, or he's the lead writer on Yellowstone. He has, yeah. Okay, we're in the same universe. 83 um, people. Yeah, I haven't actually watched much Yellowstone. I should, but I don't watch much TV. Yeah. But um, uh, Hell or High Water and Wind River of his are both really well done. And then in terms of like more classic Westerns, I really like Johnny Guitar. Ooh. Um, it has like weird, I don't know, I, I weird stuff going on in terms of like campiness but it's also serious and like there's just all these different layers that you can break that film apart um and then I also love film noir like uh double indemnity and the postman always rings twice um and Gilda is one of my favorite films I don't know if you're familiar with it oh my god Glenn Ford yeah 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 and um oh my gosh why is her name escaping me right now Rita Hayworth. Read Rita Hayworth. Oh yeah, yeah. that's so good. It's like that's a classic film. A real classic film. Yeah. It's too bad that I feel like the original script, they probably both just died at the end. And then to make it <laughs> yeah. like good for Hollywood in the 40s, they had to make them live happily ever after. Well, you know, I, you know, after all the characters went through, I think they deserve a little happiness. Yeah, I think that's true. I think we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's go with the happy ending. I know, you know, um, like talking about, say, Casablanca, where it's not really a happy ending at, at the end, because, I mean, I, I know it's not quite a film noir, but, you know, it, it's like, like it has its moments. Totally. I think it, it borders on that. Yeah. So you've got all this, you've, you've got the books, you've got the ballet train, you've got the film, and it all inspires your music. music, music. Is there, is there a, a no, no, no outlet for, for all, all of this brooding energy of a problem from music? Um, I mean, music's right now, it's pretty all consuming. You know, because there's the writing of the songs, but there's also having to like spend 20 hours making TikToks a week. Oh my God, no, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, and booking shows and rehearsing and yeah. coordinating with my publisher and signing up for distribution services and editing content. Like, you know, like half of music is not the making of it. And um, especially as an independent artist. So right now, I think I think music has me pretty busy and it's cool because part of what I get to do as an independent artist is like do all of my own 
videos and visual marketing. So I get to use a lot of, I think my film eye in that way, like, you know, music, building your visual brand for lack of a better term is still a huge part of what you do. And I get to still do that. So that's fun. I'd love in the future, like when I'm older to have more time to write fiction again, but right now it's the time to just go a hundred percent on this one project. Excellent. So what, what does it feel like to you? Because you are the captain of your own ship. You've, you've, you've done the lyrics, you've done the songs, but then you're right there on stage performing in front of an audience. What's that like? Um, sometimes I like it and sometimes it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I think it like, it really depends what the audience is because, you know, I have yet to have the type of uh, audience size and numbers where like I am playing shows for people who bought tickets to see me. Yeah. Um, so most of the time when I'm playing, I'm playing for free because Nash- you can't play in Nashville and make money. Venues don't pay you here. So I'm paying it for free for like other drunk musicians um, who most of them have already heard these songs because I know them. So like <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's, it's, a lot of the performing I do are like, you know, doing that type of thing in writer's rounds. It's not really like a traditional performance of like singing in front of an audience that is there to see you. Um, but I, when I do get that opportunity, which is sometimes, especially at some of the more like quiet listening rooms in town where people pay to hear like writers, yeah. um, that's a really fun experience. It's, I got to just actually play the listening room, which is a big venue here for the first time last week. And um, it's really, and I, I played the bluebird and, like th- those places are really special when it's just you and your guitar and people who are all ears um, and want to hear the stories and, you know, are there to maybe listen to songs with a bit more storytelling in depth. Um, but yeah, like the odd like cover gig I've had is not my forte. I, I, I see that I'm a, I mean, I love performing and yeah. ballet, you know, I grew up performing. So I like being on stage and I love, you know, acting and like, having a not a persona but you know embodying another energy i guess when i'm singing songs um but i wouldn't say i'm like an entertainer i would say like i'm a performance artist um so when you're playing covers and stuff and it's not really your music like i think people who just like entertaining really thrive but i don't i prefer playing my own stuff in quiet intimate rooms excellent um so the ebp is coming out um and then are you going to be going on the, on the road with that? Or are you going to just play a few shows in Nashville? Well, what's the... Yeah, I'm wanting to hopefully go on the road this uh, fall. Um, I'm working on booking some stuff right now. I have a few really great musicians I'm working with, my band, um, and we love playing together. So hopefully more opportunities for that. I'll be posting that all on social media. Um, definitely a lot of Nashville shows. Biggest thing I wanted to do with this EP too is to like just get a body of work of my own writing out there. Yeah. Um, so you know, industry people as well can see what I'm doing with my own, uh, with my own voice, with my own songs, um, and not just the songs I've written for other people. Yeah. And kind of just seeing where it goes from there. I mean, the goal would be to get some sort of independent like label support to record a full album and tour more aggressively with that. Yeah. But Definitely planning some fall shows for sure. And then, where were the songs that uh, didn't quite make make the EP? That 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 we were just like just just there, the just 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 be behind the curtain. 
yeah, I have some, I think most of the songs that I'd written for the EP that didn't make it on, I don't really care about anymore. Um, except for maybe one. Yeah. Uh, but so, so I've been really writing some newer stuff for a full album. <laughs> Pardon me. Okay. Um, so it, all that's left for me to say is thank you, Stephanie Joyce, for being on the Cloud Watcher Uno podcast. Thank you for letting me be such a nerd. I appreciate it. <laughs>